Today is Sunday, March 12th, 2017. This is Celtics Beat on CLNS Radio, and I am Larry H. Russell. I watched like the first three and a half quarters. I was so disinterested because I watched it on replay, and I just yeah. turned it off. They weren't there. They weren't there that for that game for that one. No, they were tired. What is it yeah. like to be at the? What's it like being at the end of the West Coast road trip? That, those were games that you guys were always when you played. You were susceptible to drop. I remember when you swept the Texas Triangle, you would drop one in New Orleans or whatever. Well, what yeah. is like that dreaded last game of a road trip like? No, nah, that's uh, man, that's. <laughs> Sometimes players think, like, man, I need to get home, get some rest in that last game, especially if it's in Denver. Uh, <laughs> you know, the altitude out there is crazy. So, yeah, the last road game, yeah, we always, we, we usually drop one. Um, not because lack of focus, but sometimes our jump shots weren't going in uh, and, and, and stuff didn't go our way early. And, uh, you know, stuff happens after that. <laughs> Yeah, they've actually the Celts under Brad Stevens have actually been pretty good at that, right? I mean, they they beat Dallas earlier in the year, and there's always either the last game of a road trip's always the toughest, and the first game back from home, which they actually have to do later today against Chicago on a on a short break. But they they've been tough about that. But we are here with Leon Poe on episode number two hundred of Celtics Beat, which this week is being brought to you by Seed Geek and Casper. Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. How about that? For Wow, what a perfect shout-out for this. By the way, get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash Celtics and enter promo code Celtics. Leon, thank you so much for joining us on the Sunday morning. We greatly appreciate you being here. Oh, yeah, anytime. Always. Always a pleasure. You know, earlier in the, in the road trip, uh, was it's like a – Weird road trip. Talk about the the highs and lows of the. I know players. You, you when you when you played, you you certainly stay out of the madness as much as you possibly can. But yeah, following it in, in, in the media aspect. Once upon a time, way back yonder, after that Phoenix loss and even the Clippers game, uh, you know, it is exhibition baseball season in Boston here after all. So they do have to find something to talk about, and something to talk about likely occurred back on Monday against the Clippers. Of oh my God, is it Isaiah Thomas or Brad Stevens that really got to that extreme? And of course, that is that is laughable. But one of the uh, you know somewhat storylines of this season is that Brad Stevens has been experimenting lineups all year, right? And even in that uh, in that Nuggets game on Friday, I don't know if this is the case of. He wanted to give guys some rest or whatever, but they played something like nine minutes together. You know, you were on a, a pretty famous team here uh, back in 2008. You won a championship that year. Yes. One of the, uh, I thought, people don't really remember about that, with that team was, remember Doc Rivers, he coached, but that they you guys never had a rotation that year. No, no, we really didn't have a set rotation besides our, you know, KG, uh, Paul Pierce, um, you know, our main guys, um, and uh, Ray Allen. So we really didn't have a set rotation, but our, our way we played it was we rolled with the hot hand. So <laughs> so whoever whoever got hot, and it was matchups as well, too. So sometimes they needed more physicality, and that would be me. They would put me out there. Uh, sometimes it's Big Baby. Sometimes they needed more more floor spacing. And then they would put sometimes Scow, sometimes uh, Baby, sometimes Posey. And um, 
and uh, and then it just depends. If we're going against a, a matchup where, you know, we needed more uh, defense out there, and um, then uh, that'll be me and Posey. So we mix up the lineups all the time based on based on who we play. You never played till the end of January that year. You had that big breakout game against the Sixers, and then it was just sort of yep. off and away, off and away from there. And then there was also the funny ones. Do you remember when Doc brought like a stone cold Tony Allen off the bench for like pivotal moments in the? Ch- do you do you remember that game five yeah. out in L.A.? Tony Allen doesn't play for like two months. All of a sudden, he's in for the most important minutes of the game uh, out in Los Angeles. And I just remember. Oh. Just, you remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Doc Doc will do that. Uh, and um, if he sees something out there, he'll throw you out there. Like uh, the game when we came back in L.A. Um, from like 26 down to win that game. 24. Don't give yourself too much 24, credit. 24. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right, give myself Christ. some extra credit. It's right. okay. You know, we got to pump ourselves up every once in a while. But, um, but yeah, we came back from 24. Uh, Doc, I haven't touched the ball the whole game. He put me in. He was like, all right. It's, it's a minute left. I'm like, okay. And then he said, this is what we're going to do. We're down four with a minute left. He said, we're going to do a clear out, and we're going to Leon. And everybody was like, he, Coach, he, he ain't touched the ball the whole game. It's like, no, we're going to Leon. He got the mismatch, and he's going to deliver. So that's that's kind of like how, how he how he coached and how he went about things. But he believed in his players, and he had confidence in them uh, to do get the job done. Yeah, but you got it done in game two or in that game. I just remember Tony coming off the bench. And, you know, it's 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 interesting, too, about the generations of NBA fans. We we now know Tony Allen as, uh, what, what's he called, the grind father or whatever. Back then, he was what the friggin' he was on roller skates, like an absolute kamikaze pilot. He would have your, the heart was in the throat uh, with Leon. Yeah. But, but or, excuse me, with, with Tony, not with you. Yeah. Of course, you meant to reference the comeback game. You, did you give a – Jimmy Pallotta was in the quarter uh, or the Lakers bench that game. That's my, my memory of that game. But anyways, today, so, you know, you were on that team that never had a set rotation. What do you think of really what Brad Stevens has been doing? Who Here we are on Sunday, March 12th, 2017, uh, coming off of playing the starters nine full minutes Friday night in a blowout loss. What we – both now agree is, is a throwaway game, and I, I'll call it a throwaway game because I didn't watch much of it. I turned it off in a lot of disinterest. Um, but what do you think about Brad just continuing to experiment with the lineups here? And there's, of course, Isaiah Thomas said something about it earlier in the week. Yeah, um, no, I'll, Brad Stevens is a, is a great coach, man. He's proven uh, over the years that uh, he can coach his team and, and he know what he's doing. So our guys are uh, they follow him. Uh, and then uh, for the lineups, you know, like I said, 2008, we didn't have like a set rotation. Sometimes it's based on matchups, and then it just, and sometimes it's based on feel. And um, and I think Brad Stevenson, that's what that's what sometimes he's doing. He's he's like, okay, well, my guys ain't got it going. Let me try to get something out, get somebody else out there to see if they going um, see if they can get it going. You know, because sometimes when you when you when you losing or when you you ain't got no energy. Coach trying to coaches always trying to find something to pick up the energy, somebody to uh to get things going, uh to to start it off. So I think that's what he's doing. That's what he he's been doing the last couple of games. And sometimes you do need some rest as well, and you want to you don't want to run your starters rugged as, as also. But the, uh, our lineups, um, we haven't our our team been in and out of injury we we've been injury uh we've been getting injured lately so we we ain't have our our starters ain't been out there as much anyway all season our full team 
Yeah, best case, I was actually even thinking that if they were going to put in that type of effort back on Friday, it may as well just do pull San Antonio Spurs and then just ship it back <laughs> home for today's game yeah. against Chicago. Cause that's actually like a little tough spot in that they were out rest for the eight days, and not only do they have just the one rest day, but they got to come back uh, and play an afternoon game later today, which is always kind of a struggle game. But would you, yeah. you know, give the, the give the, the player uh, perspective of this the talent, the challenges of developing chemistry with all these different five man units that you got to play with? It's it's much different than say baseball. Baseball, like a relief pitcher coming into the game and in the seventh inning instead of the eighth or, or whatever like that. I mean, you have to know who you're passing to and just develop. So talk about yeah, just you, I mean, the very general. Go ahead, Leon. Yeah, yeah. You you want to know who's out there with you. You want to know, you know, who, yeah, like who you're giving the ball to. But sometimes it's, it's just – sometimes you, you got to go with the flow. And sometimes it's just like uh, – like I said, coaches, they're going to try to find anything to get going. If, if somebody don't have it going – might want to get him out there, get pull him out, and then put somebody else in to try to pick up the energy. But our starting lineup and uh, force our team, we've been we've been hurt like all year. Uh, we didn't have our full team. I think I think we like with our with our full lineup. I think we probably we dropped uh, we dropped probably one or two probably. I think we like 18, 18 or nineteen and, and and seven something like that together. But we haven't been out there the whole time. So it's, it's, I think the guys by now are used to playing with different lineups. Sean Granny's good about tweeting that out. I think you are correct on that number, although, yes, you are right. They did lose uh, with their full lineup back on Friday in Denver. What yeah. about, what about mm-hmm. Brad's comment before the Warriors game, I think, where he said the Celtics were not as good as their record? Of course, I think – I don't know if that lit a spark on them, if that was, like, the, the primary reason that lit a spark on them. Of course, that gave them pretty much their signature win of the season – what do you think? I've actually said that kind of most of this year, and I've, I've pointed to the point differential being a little low. They're actually overachieving by three wins on their Pythagorean win-loss record. Where do you? I mean, do you have any opinion on that? What Stevens' uh, little assessment of the team and that they're quote unquote not as good as their record? Um, or is it uh, Bill Parcells? Well, you are what your record says you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you are what your record says you are, but uh, I think sometimes coaches uh, do stuff to get their team fired up as well. So, um, but uh, I do think we got a, we got a pretty good team. Um, but like it's, it's the Eastern Conference. Uh, if you said we was playing against um, our, our matchups, uh, we number two seed. Say we number two seed to finish the season off, and uh, we playing. Uh, I don't care. We can name anybody that's in the playoff. We won't. We we not sweeping nobody. So we we it'll, it'll be a tough challenge Detroit? for us. Detroit, you know. You want to sweep it, Detroit? We, yeah, we 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 it'll be a tough challenge. Like we, Detroit plays tough all the time. Um, they always play us tough uh, uh, to the end. So it's not no easy cakewalk. Just because if we're two seed, even a uh, one seed, uh, but we we gotta we gotta play. We still gotta come out there and focus. I think that's what Brad Stevenson was really was really doing. Is telling his team like, man, we ain't got no time to relax. We ain't got no time to play around. We got we gotta get the ball rolling. We gotta get come out here focused. Mm. Every game to win. I think I think they could sweep Detroit. I thought I mean they, you know they've actually been you're right they've been three pretty you know four good games actually excuse me they they, they did win three or four that one game uh, the Detroit guards did go off but there were two very close games out in Detroit. Yeah. Actually, your man Jalen Brown in that game. Uh, they I, I don't know, did good. What can I call? He's not a because he's not a for, uh, a fellow alum of yours. He came out a little early, but uh, you know yeah yeah well, you with the Cal Berkeley you know he he know. You know, he he know the whole culture and everything over there with the area I'm from, and you know, because he was out there a, a year. So uh, I, I call him my, my my young rook. 
Did you, how, how much did you watch him when he was at Cal? I confess to not watching much of him and then developing such a staunch opinion on him when the Celtics drafted him. And said opinion was not very high, by the way. Uh, yeah, I know. They, Everybody had an opinion. Um, you know, for the, uh, you know, from the, the West Coast, everybody on the East Coast really don't, don't be up that late, um, um, besides myself. But, um, and, uh, yeah, I, I went back and I, I went to some games as well. I went to some games uh, with the team and, um, you know, Hung out with them a little bit to uh, see see what was going on, and yeah, I liked this game. His game his game was pretty unique. I, I liked this game. He was physical. He was strong. He he loved going to the rack. Um, jump jump shot needed work, but hey, that's that's almost what every youngster almost coming out uh, going to the lead. Jump shot is is going to be a little up and down. Why did he struggle there, and why is he? Uh, <laughs> why did he struggle there, and why is he playing pretty? He actually was uh, pretty much of a brightish spot against in the Denver game. But yeah, why did he struggle in Cal, and why is uh, why is he playing Some, fairly well here? Yeah, sometimes when I watch him at Cal, he 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 try to take on the whole burden by himself sometimes, uh, and, and and do a little too much, and that that will get him in some trouble. Um, will get him in a lot of trouble when I watch the games. But here, he got a lot of players, and he's picked up his play over the last, you know, few months. And uh, because we had a lot of injuries, and um, he's been out there a little bit more. His minutes increased as well. So as a young guy, when your minutes increase, you 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 playing you you playing uh, meaningful games, and you should get better because if you put the work in, in which he does, uh, you should be able to get better. The floor is more wide open in the NBA, as you know spacing and everything so you got a little bit more room to operate and he's playing under control that's that's the biggest thing yeah that Bradley injury I hate to say oh you hate to see a guy get hurt but the Bradley injury uh, back in what was it mid-January it, yeah. it was a blessing for him if if there ever was a reference it, it actually doesn't go back to an injury but if you remember, obviously, on your 2008 championship team, the whole they, one of the storylines going into that year was, oh, the Celtics don't have a veteran point guard. They're really going to need Sam Cassell when Sam Cassell yeah. eventually gets bought out by the Clippers. And in that whole process, Rondo and, and even Kendrick Perkins kind of played out of necessity as young guys, and they, they developed along with that team. You could sort mm-hmm. of say this is some sort of correlation here uh, with, no, J- yeah. with Jalen Brown, your uh, fellow Cal Golden Bear. I have to get a little NCAA shout-out in because uh, there, I heard as there is a upcoming college basketball tournament thing, something like that. It's beginning uh, on Tuesday, actually, because of the play-in game. But uh, go to the best way to win money in the upcoming uh, NCAA March Madness by going to mybookie.ag for the best and fastest payouts. MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. So that's right. Deposit about a hundred bucks, say a hundred bucks, and they'll tack on another fifty by entering promo code CB fifty. That's promo code CB fifty CB five O at mybookie.ag or by calling eight four four nine hundred BETS. So actually, too about uh, you know about about Jalen. One more thing: Did Danny ever consult with? Because he asks everybody for their opinion on everything. He'll ask the guy. He'll you know running coffee for him. What do you think about trading this guy for that guy? Did he consult with you at all on Jalen Brown in the lead up to that draft? Uh, yeah, I talked to Danny about Jalen Brown. Yep, uh, I knew some, uh, you know, because I said I went back there a few times uh, to watch him, and um, and my uh, other young guy too is coming up from that area. Uh, but uh, yeah, I talked to uh, Danny. Um, he had, he he loved Jalen Brown. Um, 
He loved his uh, athletic ability, what he could do. He think his potential was very high, which it is, and um, and he and he loved the way he worked, worked his work ethic. That's all you heard from coaches and everybody about his work ethic. Like he he loves to work. I was hoping we were going to assert that to you. So I'll ask you: Is he going to be the best Celtic small forward of all time? Uh, that's a Simon says a Simon says question. I was hoping to catch yeah, it here. Yeah, it was early in the morning. I, will, I was. I, I will go all that, but it's it's too it's too early. But I got I got the utmost confidence in him because he because he worked hard. Because you know if you want to be great, that's that's good because. You're gonna be in the gym late. You're gonna stay. You're gonna you're gonna stay after practice. You're gonna you're gonna do whatever it takes to be great, and and that's what you want from a young guy is just just to be able to work hard and, and develop and really learn. I was hoping you were gonna give me that for an answer. I was just making sure that you were awake by having. We had to have a little fun here, Leon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is it is early on the Sunday morning. All right, so they're playing Chicago today. Chicago. So I want to get into this whole. The, the Chicago Bulls, because you know, any so the, in, the, in Chicago. What's before we even talk about the Bulls? Because they are a good rebounding team. I, I hope I'm right in that saying. I haven't checked. I know they they generally they always seem to crush the Celtics on the glass out in Chicago. But anyways, uh, they the Celtics obviously they continue to struggle rebounding. They did so Friday night in Denver. Their second worst rebounding, and we we know yeah. blah blah blah. We know. Uh, so how about I mean, dare I say we 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 know how well coached the Celtics are. And we knew coming into the year they, quote-unquote, were not going to be the best rebounding team in the NBA. But is yeah. there – I mean, Mar- Tommy Heinsohn makes the point all the time. The only player that boxes out consistently on the team is, is Marcus Smart, really. Uh, Kelly Olenek never gets a rebound in traffic. Al Horford is a, a, a you know, good rebounder, not great. Um, is What is it? Is it more personnel or is there a little coaching in there in terms of the rebounding or you just um. – well, for his rebound, you want to you want to work on it. You want to work you on it a good little at bit. It. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. You um, you want to work on it a little bit, but you also got to have a, a mentality that you want to go get the ball and, and don't leak out and, and and try to get points instead. And that's where you get hurt when you leak out a lot. So if everybody if everybody got is on the same page, you gotta gotta get in there and crash. But sometimes yeah, we we get caught looking, we get caught standing. Sometimes we leak out, and sometimes, uh, and we don't get the ball, and that, and that, and we got to realize that because that hurts us. That hurts us a lot. To be a good rebounder, you got to want the ball first of all. You got to want to go get it. You got to think it's yours. You got to believe in it. That's how. I, that's what I did. I didn't want nobody else touching, include my teammates. When Rondo tried to get in there and steal a uh, rebound from me, I elbowed him in his face just because. You know what I'm saying? It's my rebound. That's how. That's what. That's what. I, that's, that was my mentality. We got to have that same mentality. You don't want to hurt your teammates, though. But, um, but that's what I did. You know, so make sure that's, that's my rebound. I wanted the rebound that bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, if I could use another cross-sport example, I'll, I'll use, I'll reference the Patriots. Uh, Dante, Dante Scarnecchia was an offensive, or is now an offensive line coach for them, and, and they, as soon as he retired, they, the, the offensive line could not block for two years, and all of a sudden they bring him back. Yep. They can block. They win the Super Bowl. So I was wondering, it's, you know, I mean, is this? Can you kind of coach rebounding a little bit? And that's go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can coach it a little bit, but the guys out there on the floor gotta want it. They gotta want it, and and, and they gotta go. Do get the players it. now want it? The the players Put gotta pressure. want the ball. It's, it's Do these all, guys want it? I'm putting you on the spot. Re, re, uh, yeah, rebound is, all, uh, is usually all about effort. 
effort and willingness to go get the ball. And, and yes, you do got to put a body on somebody as well. Marcus Smart do that as well. It's, he do that good. But it's just all about effort. And, and, and sometimes a coach can't can't get you get put you out there and and make you go get the ball. And, and so that's 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 on the players. How much of it is it to you? You reference of it being kind of a like, you know a mentality thing, and it can become contagious. Like a player stays late at practice, therefore everybody stays late at practice. When a few players start moving the basketball, everybody starts being you know unselfish with the basketball. Yep. You mm-hmm. you talked about your rebounding mentality, and and here I am kind of scratching your back a little bit again, Leon. But you know when you were on the Celtics, they were one of the best rebounding teams in 2008 and 2009. Then you left, or they let you go. Uh, after your knee injury, and they spent the waning years of the Garnett years being the worst rebounding, one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. And of course, uh, you weren't there that year, unfortunately. Uh, but they lost the championship in LA because they couldn't freaking get a rebound in that game seven. Yep. Uh, so how much? I, mean, I don't know if I can say how much or whatever, but you can, I guess, further elaborate on just the certain mentality of players having that spread throughout the team. Is that? I mean, is that just not there now with these players? And they may be some flagrant offenders that, that, that do that. Yeah, yeah, no. You just, you just, it's, it's, it's all about the player. It's all about the player, and 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 like I said, when I was on the team, but I, I wanted to go get the ball regardless of, even if my my uh, teammates used to say, "Oh, I got it, I got it." No, I don't, I don't believe that. I got the ball. I go get it because that's that's what I believe I, I needed to do to help my team win. And and like I said, yes, yeah, on the players, it's it's not on the coaches and. And, and going to get the ball is an art. It's like you, it's, it's more of a will, and and you need to go get it. <laughs> that means like I want to go get this ball because it's mine. It sounds I so it easy the way you describe yeah. it. Yeah, it, it, but it, it, it's it's a will. You got to have that will in you, and just to go get the ball because it's dirty. It's dirty work. It, you're getting in there. You're gonna get your your tooth bust. Your, your eye your eye hit. Your, your, you're gonna get hit in the head. You're gonna get hit in the nose. You'll have some scrapes and bruises. But oh well, you got to go get the ball because that's. That's where the games are won, man. And and, and like our team now, all, we all we don't we don't all go get the ball. Sometimes we rely on one guy. Sometimes we rely on two guys, and the rest of us staying there. With our team now, got to be a collective effort. You know, we got we can't just let one, all right the big. He he should be able to get this rebound. We can't assume nothing. We got to assume everything is a miss, and we got to go get it. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of rebounds off of free throws too. That's just really yeah. Which, that's which, just, yeah. yeah, and that's and that's boxing now. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's boxing now. You did you have a twenty rebound game here? I remember you had a huge game against Memphis. Like uh, I want to say, uh, yeah. was that yeah, was I, that the I, game? Or you no, never had a twenty? I didn't, have a, I didn't have a twenty rebound game. No, I just had I had a lot of points, a lot of blocks, and a lot in in like. 14, 15 rebounds, something yeah, like that. I remember 13, you had that. Rebounds. I remember that big game. I, think, I want to say it was probably a couple games after Garnett got hurt and you just went off. No, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a few. I had a few. I had a, a few good ones. Yeah, when they put me out there, twenty five minutes or more. And yeah, it's usually been more than 25, 20, 25 points. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I got to get to the pregame today. Uh, they're playing Chicago, and, and of course, I think the key to the game yeah. is, is going to be to uh, score more points than Chicago. We'll talk about today's game specifically later. Um, so we, you were talking about the first round of the playoffs. That is a potential playoff matchup, and I think the Celtics are, I think if you were going to be filling out your, we're talking NCAA play, brackets, you're filling out a bracket. I, I, I would safely put them in the second round. Not sure after that. Washington, not a good matchup. Toronto, not a good matchup. Even without Lowry, God forbid, if they even got Cleveland, that is not a good matchup for them. But uh, first round, there's only one team that would concern me in the first round, it would, and that is Chicago. Where do you stand on that? 
Yeah, Chicago is is up and down. They wishy-washy. You don't know what you're going to get sometimes from night in and night out. But do you know who they do have on their team? And, you know, D-Wade uh, is always a guy that can turn back the clock. Even you've seen flashes from Rondo as well. And, and Jimmy Butler is going to play uh play how he plays consistent defense and um and and trying to score on the offensive end. So in the East is they always they a threat to, to mostly anybody, but it's just a matter of how they gonna play and, and and will they play together and and will they be on the same page and, and that's where they downfall come in at and I think I think we we will be able to get them. Uh, just by just by betting on that that they won't they won't be all together. Would Jimmy Butler be the best player in the series? Um, I'm rolling. I'm rolling with I'm rolling with the IT guy, man. I'm rolling with the IT guy. I think he I think IT is the is is it would be I think he would be be the best player because his fourth quarter scoring and his is is uh is, is, his intensity his and he just his will to win he just want to win <laughs> I ain't seen a lot of guys man like that they they want to win uh, but they don't put it out there on the court but he does and I had to put my money on it. What was it too? Before, um, um, before even specifically get to this game today, uh, you know, I was just thinking too about the, all this. Someone sent an email earlier about all these uh, old matchups, and I'm, and I'm going to get to that. And, and I remember a, a Celtics game against Chicago on Christmas, and it seems like in my entire life of watching the Celtics, which now goes over 25 years, as uh, mm-hmm. scary as that sounds, Chicago has been the Tudorberg Forest. Uh, for the, I want to say they've maybe won like six times there or seven times there in my life. I, I know you guys won a game there, but you were always susceptible to drop one. It's continuing. It, uh, why do the Celtics seem to always lose in Chicago? And they've already lost twice there this year. Uh, I don't know. Chicago is a, uh, is a, it's, it's a good, I like playing in Chicago, but it's, it's a good place to play at. But yeah, we, we lost, uh, twice this year and, um, Two gut wrenchers too. It wasn't like they were, you know, they got pounded. They were, you know, that was the obviously the the bad call, and then there yeah, was the yeah. they had the big comeback, and then Wade hit a three at the end. But it, it's, it's just it's, things don't seem to go Boston's way in it Chicago just, for the last quarter century. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't do much hey, about it either. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the ball don't bounce your way. Yeah, sometimes you don't get a call on the road, uh, especially that that one we lost for the All Star break. That was a crucial one that call at the end. Um, but you gotta you gotta roll with the punches, man. You gotta uh, take that and, and and try to move forward, especially if we have a matchup with them. But it, it's tough to win out there. It's tough for us um, um, because you know they they crowd. They got a good crowd too. Um, but we we play them tough. They play us tough. And uh, you know, we, we hopefully all we can do is hopefully come down to the last second, or we want to get blowout wins. But that that's yeah, that's you know, preferred. That, that that's, don't that's, happen. That's preferred. Yeah, that's preferred. Everybody wants those wins, but you don't get those wins all the time. So we 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 just we just want to go out there and, and do the job that we need to do as far as on the defensive end and knowing the assignment is what we got to do for us taking care of business and rebounding. But 
Yeah, we don't get too many wins in Chicago, just to put it like that. Yeah, rebounding is the big thing. Chicago is there. I'm, I have not checked it. I, I confess it's still too early in the morning. But they, they crushed the Celtics on the glass, both those games out in Chicago. That's going to be something to watch for the playoff series. And, of course, yep. for today, they play uh, 3.30, I think the game is at. Um, I think it's an afternoon game on ABC, yep. I'm pretty sure. But regardless of what it is, I'm, I'm pretty sure they are going to play the game uh, regardless. Um so there are, I mean, just a few as One of them is, I, we referenced it earlier, the very sh- quick turnaround from a long road trip and then to play an afternoon game. A very popular start time were those. was like if you would play, a, say, a Friday night uh, out west, you would then come back and play at 6 o'clock here. I know it's, oh, it's just two and a half hours. That's not a big difference. But, I mean, that's a, it's a tough turnaround as is. I don't know if you want to talk just sort of randomly about that or even just sort of the, the, those keys to the game outside of, yeah, hopefully the Celtics score more points than Chicago. Yeah, yeah, no. When, you, when you've been on a long road trip, of course, and then uh, you turn around, let alone you got to go home, which is you happy. You want to go home. You want to play at home. But you turn right around, and then you got to play on a on Sunday uh, um at home at 3.30, your time, your, your your timing is off. Everything is off. You're still going to have tired legs a little bit. You're still going to have some stuff to fight through, especially the early start time. And your and your routines is going to be off. And your routines is going to be off. So that's what players usually deal with, especially in early start times. And coming off a long road trip, their legs is going to be tired still. Uh, um, and you're just hoping, you know, like I said, you hope they can all uh, – um, Gather some strength and 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 perform as a group and meaning rebounding because that's the main thing we got to take care of. Chicago is a strong rebounding team; uh, they always usually beat us on the board. So uh, to win that game, we got to take care of that. But it, we gonna have some ups and downs because we coming off that road trip and our legs still gonna be tired and it's an early start time. Yeah, slept on a plane, didn't get the best night's sleep. Uh, they are not the best rebounding team as is. Even just being a little, uh, just that much more tired certainly should have yeah. helped. All right, so why not? Let's go at it. Give me a prediction, Leon, yeah. and of course, and why. Uh, you don't I, have to I go think, with a hometown team. We, you know, nah, you know I, nah, I think, I, I, I'm putting I a think gun to your head right now. Like, look. Your like, life is on the remember, line. Remember no, remember when you told told me like uh, when Brad Stevens made that comment? Uh, you know, not as good uh, as your record. Maybe, yeah, yeah, we're not good as our record. It, I, it's based on like any team basically could beat anybody. Like Chicago can come in here and, and, and beat us. So, and I know we know that. So we got to be on our game. So I think we gonna I think it's gonna come down to the wire. Like like the like usually the game's been going with, when we play Chicago. Come down to the wire. And uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna win on on, on some type of uh, uh, not last second play, but a play that it makes. Ooh, he hasn't been making them recently. Is he in a little yeah, bit of a funk? I, or no, he, hey, how about I, that? Is he in a funk or is he tired or both? Uh, no, I think I think he is. Just, you know, he he got he he's doing so much. Hey, he can't play at that high, that high level the whole like the whole year. Or missing <laughs> he a few playing, free throws.
impressing Danny with those little analytic numbers there. Is that where your future lies? <laughs> yeah, no. I want to. I want to be. A, I want to be a GM. I want to be a front office uh, 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 decision maker, and I want to own my own team one day. So I've been. You know, I'm working. I'm still working. I got some stuff to do. As the Celtics playoff push heats up, SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it is by far the easiest way that I have found a shop for tickets. Boston has returned from their West Coast swing and have home games today against Chicago, against Jimmy Butler and the Bulls. And if you missed today's game, there is a real gem in town on Wednesday. No better place to get the best deals for Carl Anthony Towns' only visit to Boston as Minnesota comes to the Garden on Wednesday. And remember, it does not end with sports with SeatGeek. The SeatGeek app also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available, too. And best of all, Celtics Beat listeners can support this production and get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To do so, download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code and enter promo code CELTICSBEAT, all one word. And SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code CELTICSBEAT today. This edition of Celtics Beat, number 200, is also being brought to you by Casper. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. They are revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly to the consumer. Made right here in the U.S. of A., a Casper mattress provides long-lasting comfort and support, as I know from personal experience. I have never used a mattress this soft and this comfortable, and you can buy it easily online and completely risk-free. Because Casper understands the importance of truly trying out a mattress that in all reality you spend a third of your life on. Casper offers free delivery and painless returns within a 100-day period so you do not have to lie down in a showroom. Studies have now proven lying on a bed in a showroom has no correlation to whether it is the right bed for you. Get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king-size mattress. An unbelievable deal compared to industry standards that cost thousands upon thousands of dollars. And you can save an additional $50 as one of our audience members by going to casper.com slash Celtics and entering the promo code Celtics. That's casper.com slash Celtics and promo code Celtics. Free shipping applies to U.S. and Canada customers only. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, before we get to the mailbag, which I am going to bang out here, not on the Facebook page tomorrow because, well, uh, I will not be around, and I do not want to let two weeks go by without answering some listener questions to those who take the time. But, uh, yes, before we do that, i got to get to the upcoming ticket giveaway, which uh, they are big ones, uh, so right to it. Two tickets for April 5th, Cleveland Cavaliers at Boston Celtics. Yes, Cavs v. Celtics. On April 5th, uh, one of the final regular season games of the season, so a game which could very well decide the number one seed here. Uh, we are going to be giving away two tickets to that game. So here we go. Entry, subscribe, rate, and review Celtics Beat on iTunes. Subscribe and write a review for Celtics Beat on iTunes. Maybe Many of you have done so, and uh, for those who have not, uh, not only is that feedback very important to us, but entry into unquestionably the game of the year. And the next ticket giveaway, get this, well, we're going to be doing the first round of the playoffs as well. So, uh, yes, we are going to be giving away playoff seats here. We have done so. Um, 
And I can say we will likely use the same means. So that means not only will your entry into this contest qualify you for Celtics Cavs seats, you get that review on our iTunes page as that is how we see your name to enter you into the hat. So you don't win. That means you're you're still in for the next contest, which is going to be for playoff tickets. So there we go. One more time now. Subscribe and review Celtics Beat on iTunes to enter into our latest contest for two tickets for Celts and Cavs, as well as entry into our next giveaway, Boston Celtics playoff tickets. A game, of course, as we know, yet to be determined, uh, but it'll be in the first round. All right. So, okay. Mailbag. Um, right, let's start off with, as we always, uh, start off with Twitter. So, for the future, tweet at me, at CLNS underscore LHR. That is at CLNS underscore LHR. Leading off, uh, one of the most loyal listeners to the show and loyal followers, um, at Merlin Kalo. Which freshman has the highest ceiling? You know, I, I, Marilyn, I, I should have brought that up with Sam Bassini on last week's show. I, I guess this is where I can plug Sam's Game Theory podcast. Go listen to that, um, as always. Available on the CLNS Radio mobile app. Um, okay, so as I have confessed to, and I confessed it last week, and I will do so continue this week, I have seen plenty of highlights. However, I have still yet to watch a live game of Markel Fultz. So I am going to exclude him from this uh, just on that alone. So with that in mind, I will now go with Josh Jackson as the question is, which of these players or these freshmen has the highest ceiling? Uh, Not which one I guess will be the best. Um, So here, my reason for that is I I think, and this is what I talked about with Sam on on last week's show, I I think Jackson's defensive impact is going to be smart-like. Uh, especially for his position, as a, as a small, he really almost doesn't have position. I mean, already he has the ability to cover four, four maybe even five uh, positions on the opponent's side. And I mentioned with Sam last week, uh, him doing so in their game against Baylor, uh, even going at uh, Jonathan Motley, uh, their their big guy there. I mean, he Jackson, he's just one of those guys with incredible instinct, at least in my eyes in that Baylor game. He must have gotten his hands in the passing lane on like, like five plays, a lot of deflections. Uh, offensively, obviously, he runs like a gazelle. He's a great finisher. Creating his own shot or making any shots, that's sketchy right now, but uh, alas, that's... It's going goes back to the highest ceiling with him uh, because if he's able to round that part in, uh, that's that ceiling as a dominant two-way guy, seemingly along the mold of a Kawhi Leonard, who is probably Jackson's best-case scenario. So how's that for a high ceiling? Okay, at Lonzo, 95 pal. Winslow trade offer was so bad. I thought it was a typo as I read it. Yikes, that was scary. Uh, talking about Danny Ainge non-moves from two weeks ago, uh, I did so here with Steve Bullpet, and that's what I assume this tweet is in reference to. Uh, yes, for as good of a GM as Danny Ainge is, and and Mike Gorman has said this to me time and time again, he is a lucky you-know-what, uh, hint, <laughs> behind the zipper. Uh, it's amazing all the non-moves that, um, have just seemed to, to go Danny's and, and thus the Celtics way. And, and the Winslow Naw deal back in uh, 2015 seems to be yet another uh, example of that. And I'd like to think, um, it, you know, holding on to this Nets pick for this year in general and even now next year too, uh, if there were any recent possibilities out there, I think is going to provide another example of uh, said fortune in non-Danny Ainge moves, which uh, there were a lot, which I referenced uh, on episode number 198 of Celtics Beat, I believe. Yes, two weeks ago, 200 minus 2 is 198. Okay, last tweet from at Paul Smith 2 k Kelly Olenek seems to play well in big games. 
Cleveland this year, Golden State last year. He was hurt in last year's playoffs. And to think this was sent out first in response to me, but before the Warriors game, which uh, he may have very well been Boston's most valuable player uh, in that win, maybe number two behind Avery Bradley, but uh, whatever, great game, probably his his best game of the year. And, you know, I sent out a tweet after the Clippers game, maybe after the Suns game, but one of those losses, um, and I was just making a crack if that there was one player who I would worry about most in, in the playoffs, and for as much as I like him, especially with what he brings defensively, but if there was one guy I thought who would wilt under pressure in the biggest of games, uh, it would be Kelly. But uh, now, you know, Paul, I don't know. I, I, you know, maybe he's just so aloof at times, or, you know, he's, he's just so baked. <laughs> I, if I had to do that one... Uh, but hey, you know, he just plays in these games. So uh, we hope this is of uh, a trend of Kelly Olynyk in these quote-unquote big games. We hope that continues, Paul. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's get to a Facebook. Let's get a Facebook question here and uh, we can send these over to where my mailbag videos are usually posted, but uh, this week as I said, we're doing it here. So, but anyways, facebook.com/celticsbeat, facebook.com/celticsbeat. Nick Garza, LHR. Did you listen to Bill Simmons' Isaiah Thomas podcast? No, I did not. Uh, in it, he talked about how the Suns' loss is one of the five worst regular season losses in Celtics history and cited previously Nick Van Exel's buzzer beater in the final Celtics-Lakers game at the Garden, a Vince Carter buzzer beater, among others. Um, okay, well, it was... It was certainly a lousy loss, but considering I've been gearing myself towards this team having a fluky loss or two this year, considering um, how uh, the Celtics have analytically been overachieving this year, that is uh, kind of statistically proven, and I've been talking about it here for a few weeks and, and on many other shows as well, Coach Nick's uh, podcast, I brought it up. Um, but they were due for an equally fluky or two losses that, that go against them, um, but now, I personally have some, I guess, of my own if we're going to be in this uh, worst regular season losses in Celtics history or your lifetime or whatever. But, um, I mean, just off the top of my head, uh, three straight losses to the Lakers at the height of the Garnett era when that team was competing for titles and competing for titles against the Lakers. Christmas Day 09, if anyone remembers that one, ended a 19-game winning streak, 18-game winning streak, something like that. 27-2, and two, I do remember that one. Then the rematch in the Garden, like a month later, came down to the final shot. Pierce kicked it off his foot, and then Eddie House like retrieved the ball at Midkiff. It was just a horrible, horrible, sickening loss. And then a year after that, Kobe hit a buzzer beater in the Garden, and the Lakers fans there rejoiced. And if anyone was at that game, didn't remember I was at that. Uh, I just... I remember after all those games where it felt like the Celts literally lost the finals game. Uh, they all they all came down to the final possession. They all seemingly at the time were deciding who got home court in the finals, or at least it felt like that. They they felt like more than they were definitely more than one game in the standings. That they can say that. So, and uh, they were just brutal when the Celts lost those. Even looking back on them, and even I remember how I felt after each and every one of those games. And for me personally, uh, I felt like absolute crap. Um, and if I got to reference one game where I remember feeling like absolute shit, that was Christmas Day against Chicago in 92. And I, and I looked this up. The score was 121-99. Blowout, right? That score um, does not do it justice and is in no way indicative of how bad that beating was. 
it was a freaking bloodbath. Uh, and considering that I was very, very young and was as emotionally invested into the team and outcomes as uh, I ever was, the games were life and death. I was the uh, epitome of diehard Celtics fan, uh, especially at that age. But uh, the Bulls verifying how superior the world champion Chicago Bulls uh, were to a paper tiger and decaying Celtics team. And it was also on Christmas, too. So, uh, I mean, my God, anyone who remembers that one, uh, there's no reason for me to explain anymore. That should be at the top of anyone's list. Uh, if I think that's number one, that, that Bulls Christmas game. Um, I'd say that that's number one. Uh, the Van Exel game that, that, that Bill, I guess, referenced, uh, I got a funny story on that. I actually remember that one well, not because it was a Lakers-Celtics or the final Lakers-Celtics game at the Old Garden, but right, we remember the Celtics stunk. That was the infamous Dominique season, ML Carr running the team. I think uh, we get Purvis Ellison... Uh, the X-Man, you know, those Jamokes, I think. Greg Miner, I think, was on that team, too. But uh, that, that game. So the highlight that is out there and has been out there in the interweb space for eternity has been Chick Hearn's call of that game winner. Now, the Gorman-Heinsen edition, uh, I have yet to come across this in the 20-plus years since it aired uh, when I remember watching it on the old sports channel. But after that shot, um, you know, the Celtics feed, which was, which I watched, of course, you know, growing up in, in Boston, but which I have yet to seen since. I specifically remember had a camera angle which showed one of Van Exel's heels being out of bounds. And, of course, Tommy was none too pleased uh, that the refs did not see that. That, uh, <laughs> that set off my little brother, and I can still see him right next to me, cry screaming, not, you know... <laughs> Oh, he lost. Um, just cry screaming from a six-year-old kid who thought the Celts got absolutely screwed, and that was a, that was a norm for him. By the way, when we were growing up, now he did it all the time after Patriots losses, uh, and they would go on throughout the night, and they did after that game. So, like that that Van Exel game on that alone was another. I think the sleepless night I got out of that puts that in there. But uh, I I. I still go with that Bulls Christmas game. For me, that's my personal number one. Shannon S., you always send me an email every week, and, and I apologize, and I confess to skipping uh, them, and, and it's usually a list, uh, like ranking Celtics trades or best Boston titles. But this week, I got a request from you to rank the five worst presidents in the United States history. I can't really make any friends doing that, uh, right? Um Nevertheless, I'm actually going to give it a go. Well, sort of, sort of. Hold on here. First off, I actually put that as our bonus content for today's show. Um, and also, I would also like to say that we go right to the top of the list. It's, it's not a list. No top five. It's rather, it's just the worst. So I did my worst president ever as bonus content. So for those listening on the app, there it is. And to get access to the bonus content, if you want it, Go ahead and download the CLNS Radio mobile app and listen to this show there for, of course, the access to the bonus content, which today, yes, is, is, an, is an answer to an email question, the worst U.S. president ever. Uh, so that's an a, that's an AMA question. I, I haven't really gotten many of those. Let me get them from you, Shannon, I guess. So. Also, of course, too, download the CLNS app, listen to this show, and, and all the others on the network tomorrow, Celtic Stuff Live, available at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, later today, Celtic Bulls postgame, call in live, 347-215-7771. After today's game, but that is all we have for this space. 
episode number 200. So we now enter the first century. That was the golden age for Western Rome. I, I hope it's uh, we have a similar age here, uh, too. But once again, today's show was brought to you by SeatGeek and Casper. Music was provided by Chuck Dietz and Steph Legrato. Staff writer Eddie Santiago. Program director Justin Poulin. For CLNS's founder Nick Gelso, I am Larry H. Russell. Thanks to everyone who downloaded today's show. Hope everyone does the same next Sunday for another edition of Celtics Beat, powered by CLNS Radio. 